You're listening to WTJU Soundboard for this Monday, March 27th, 2023. I'm Arian Ballou, and this week, deputies charged with murder after a death at one Virginia hospital, election officials resigning in the face of harassment, and how a law that Virginia senators co-sponsored helped loosen regulations on Silicon Valley Bank. Let's jump into the stories. About two weeks ago, a man in custody at Central State Hospital was killed. Now seven deputies involved in the incident have been charged with murder. WTJU's Nathan Moore talked with Richmond-based journalist Peter Galaska. There's a man who lived in Henrico. His name was Irvo Otieno. And um, he apparently, he has bipolar and he was having an episode. So his mother called the police and then he went to a hospital in Henrico County where he lives. And then what happened was that a neighbor called the police complaining that Otieno um, actually was stealing lights from her yard. And he was transferred to the central state, which is in Dinwiddie County, west of Petersburg. In the process, even though he was shackled and handcuffed, he was tackled by seven county police deputies and he was asphyxiated. Yeah, the, the, the stories I've read say that, you know, he had several deputies pressing down on him for 12 minutes. He, he died. What's the impact of these deputies being charged with murder in this case? What this does, it draws Virginia into the national spotlight after all these incidents that, if you know, have happened between police and um, ordinary citizens. And so we'll have to see. I know the prosecutor down in Dinwiddie County is taking the tough stand against the police. You know, I, I know a police officer here in Charlottesville who, who looks at stories like this and sees bad policing, like they didn't follow procedure or protocol. Um, but, you know, they keep happening. It's almost like there's a structural problem here. Yeah, I know. It's hard to explain. A lot of people in Virginia, politicians have said we need better, you know, mental health care. And one of the reasons that uh, the man was um, having such manic episodes was because he, he was out of his meds. And in fact, his mother brought some medications to the hospital and, and the state hospital, and they wouldn't give it to him. And that's just, just outrageous. Election officials across Virginia say they're trying to do their best in some pretty difficult circumstances. And some of them are resigning. Michael Pope reports. The environment of threats and intimidation being experienced right now by election workers is just not sustainable for some. And they've decided to move on rather than confront yet another election cycle of harassing phone calls and intimidating emails. Buckingham County Supervisor Jordan Miles says things have gotten so bad at his local registrar's office that it currently has zero employees. Right now, the office that oversees and that administers our local elections is closed, the doors locked, no one is answering the phone, and that's a disgrace. Veronica de Graffenried at the Brennan Center says a recent national survey of election workers shows that one in six say they've experienced threats. It is also alarming that one in five local officials you know, indicated that they were very unlikely or somewhat unlikely to continue serving in their positions, especially as we prepare for the 2024 election. That concern is even more pressing in Virginia, where the June 20th primary is only a few weeks away. For Arts This Week, we chatted with Kelly Sulik, a professional flutist who teaches at UVA. This year, she is hosting the 7th annual UVA Flute Forum. I asked her what we can expect at this event. 
So our event is a day-long flute festival, which features workshops and performances and interactive sessions that flutists of all ages and ability levels can come experience. Special this year, we actually have the U.S. Army Old Guard Fife and Drum Corps performing on the lawn. And so I really want to make sure everybody knows about that because they'll be giving a marching demonstration out on the lawn wearing period costumes and playing period instruments, which is pretty cool. This year's forum will also feature international soloist and professor of flute at the University of Michigan, Amy Porter, as its headlining guest, alongside a number of guest artists. She's going to be giving a class at 12.45 p.m., um, helping college-aged flutists play their flutes better. And she will be giving a recital at 3.30 p.m. in Old Cabaha Auditorium with a lot of really incredible music. I know a lot of people are afraid to come to a flute festival if they don't play the flute. So I would say one thing that people could definitely look forward to is coming to that 3.30 p.m. recital because they're going to get to hear some beautiful music. And it doesn't matter if they're musicians or if they've ever even listened to classical music before. I think they'll really enjoy Amy Porter's performance. Out in California, the Silicon Valley Bank went belly up earlier this month. The federal government has promised to bail out its wealthy account holders. At one time, federal regulations would have prevented this kind of bank failure. But a 2018 law, co-sponsored by Virginia Senators Tim Kaine and Mark Warner, loosened restrictions on mid-sized banks. WTJU's Nathan Moore talked with Richmond-based journalist Peter Galaska. To go back to the beginning, um, back during the um, real estate financial boom of 2008, a lot of the banks in the country had been through deregulation, and they were handing out money to people who couldn't really deal with it. And then in 2010, Congress did something, and they passed a law that's saying, you know, the the Dodd-Frank law that brought more regulation to the bank. But in 2018, Congress decided to loosen regulations. Essentially, there was the Great Recession, which led to tighter restrictions on the banks. And then in 2018, Congress went ahead and loosened restrictions on the banks. The the Virginia part of this is that uh, Senators Tim Kaine and Mark Warner back in 2018 both voted for this bank deregulation. Right. How come? Um, well, they just think it's, it's you know, give, them, give the banks uh, more breathing room. How do Kaine and Warner justify that today? I mean, looking at, at the thing that happened five years after that vote. Well, um, Mark Warner's office put out a statement to the media saying that, um, you know, this was an isolated example of um, bad management by the bank. But, I mean, it's happening and, and everyone's getting really jittery because it's, um, it's not just a three or more American banks, but Credit Suisse, you know, Switzerland has also gone through something similar. Once you get this kind of idea of a run on the bank, you know, it's scary because people, you don't want to have people coming in and like taking all their money out of the bank. Because that that's just causes a lot of trouble. A new federal report on earned wage access is reopening a debate from the General Assembly session earlier this year. Michael Pope reports. Earned wage access is a new kind of financial technology that may or may not be a loan. A new report from the Government Accountability Office sheds light on the need for clarity on that issue. Delegate Amanda Batten is a Republican from James City County who says it's about time for some oversight over these financial products already in widespread use. The legislation that I was working on would have codified that these earned wage access providers can't sue the consumer to get their money back. So if the consumer empties out their bank account, closes the bank account and refuses to pay back the lender, their lender has no recourse. 
20 years ago, lawmakers took action to add new language to the Virginia Code that allowed payday loans and car title loans. And history may be repeating itself, says Jay Spear at the Virginia Poverty Law Center. This was like deja vu all over again for me because it's exactly what the payday lender said. <laughs> and then we ended up with, took us 20 some years to get the payday lenders and the car title lenders to leave the state. So that's why we were not crazy about putting a stamp of legitimacy on this. The U.S. Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is expected to make a determination before the next General Assembly session when Delegate Batten plans to introduce similar legislation again. Virginia has a state corporation commission, but it still has just one member. House Republicans and Senate Democrats cannot agree on how to fill the empty seats. WTJU's Nathan Moore talked with Richmond-based journalist Peter Galaska. Well, it's a big deal because it's the, you know, the largest regulatory outfit the state has. And, um, you know, it covers everything, regulation of utilities, railroads, insurance, and a bunch of other things. It's a three-person board that oversees it. And they're down to two. And then last year, a lady who'd been on the board for 16 years had decided to retire. It used to be that the Republicans would pick somebody, the Dems would go along with it or vice versa. But in the partisanship that's coming out more and more, um, they're nixing each other's candidate. It seems like with two open seats, there'd be some kind of way to come to a compromise here. It's not a, not a zero-sum game in the same way. Why, why can't lawmakers agree on, on a couple more members this time around? Well, apparently Governor Youngkin can pick somebody, uh, but it has to be after no, no movement by the General Assembly. The problem is, is that the House of Delegates run by Republicans has um, said, well, we're done for the year. We're packing up and going home. And the Democrats in the Senate are saying, wait a minute, we, we can still do something here. I think there's going to be another session, a special session at the end of April that might address this. I don't know. So the House Republicans don't really have any incentive to go along with the Democratic no. nominee because Youngkin can pick one out of session time. Exactly. And I mean, the thing is, is that it used to be in better days, you know, one party would pick somebody and everybody go along with it. And then they'd say, OK, here's your person. You know, here we go. We'll go along with that. But now it's, it's gone. That kind of uh, spirit of cooperation is gone. Thanks to Peter Galaska, Kelly Sulik and Michael Pope for joining us this week. Our stories were produced by Katherine Hansen and Britton Graber, with Arts This Week produced by Omega Ilovich. You can hear the news live on WTJU 91.1 FM weekdays at 9 and 4, and Arts This Week every Wednesday at noon and 7. I'm Arian Ballou. Our theme song is Kyoja Beat by Morena Lasco and Jay Pun. Subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts, and check out more shows at virginiaaudio.org.